You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. I only have one thing to say to you, Jay Gonzalez. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's a big day for you and for me, and we'll get to that as we move on through the show, but we'll talk about a lot of that at the end of the show because <clears> I have some good news personal, and obviously it's your birthday today. All right, yeah, ready, ready to go. You know, had a semi-quiet day, just a few things going semi-quiet, on Semi-quiet, you're on the golf course. Well, well, okay, well, I'm talking about you know news and stuff. Oh, yes. news, this news. Okay. I was on the golf course all day today, yeah, just... Uh, Got you know, got off in time to get here. So there you go. The world of sports gave you a break. A break because there is, in our time of doing this, this is a relatively quiet day of information. Yeah, not you know, not a lot of stuff going on. Some good news. A, you know, a little, a little, a little thing going up at going on up at Colorado State that you know again yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, just thing going with the times, you know. P- players speaking up all the time now, and right. you know they're they're having a lot less tolerance for the stuff that they've had to deal with, and 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 good for them. Right, right. Well, we've covered football teams in the past. We covered the Dick Tomey years. Uh, relatively very calm. Uh, he was that father figure, father right. Flanagan guy. But, but um, um, we've heard stuff along the way. I mean, Rich Rod at Michigan was accused of a lot of things. Right. Uh, but you're right. Today's kids are speaking out. And they're not used to the stuff that the back in the day people got. Right. I mean, you know, think about. I mean, if you played any high school football, for instance, yeah, you yeah. know, back in the seventies when you know when, when when I did, you know, you saw coaches do and say things to players that you think, what that could that couldn't happen now. <laughs> oh no. But you know, it, it's uh, there's there's no tolerance for that, and it's a good thing. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm not trying to say oh you know let's leave things the way they were. I mean this is a good thing and and you know up at Colorado State we reported earlier this week that uh, that uh, there were some players saying that you know the 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 COVID protocols weren't being followed and the mm-hmm. coaches were were giving you know players a hard time and all kinds of things and apparently the administration started looking into that and in doing so came across some other allegations of racism and verbal abuse that they just say they're not going to put up with and they're investigating and they've shut down football for now. You there. look under rocks and you find <clears throat> other stuff. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that's what happens. And, and again, but it, it's, it's to the point of, you know, back in the day, stuff like that would go on and people just didn't say anything about it. And that's not the case anymore. Let me, let me say this. You're a football player. You've been a football player all your life. You've had a variety of coaches. In fact, I'll ask you this question I asked of David Adams uh, a while back. Uh, so you, you're in football, given the sport, the, the rough and tough of it. Uh, you've had some great coaches, some bad coaches. Yeah, yeah, you know you're going to hear some language. They use it to motivate or whatever. Mm-hmm. So is this not a surprise? You're going to hear this stuff throughout your career. You are. And and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, you know, it, it's it, it just doesn't feel, it just feels like players haven't felt like they could say anything. Right, right. I think that's now. the difference. That's the difference is that right. they haven't felt that anybody would listen. Mm-hmm. And now they are. Mm-hmm. And and it, whether it stems from Black Lives Matter, whether it's just a, you know the, these are the times, these are the times, whatever, right, right? You know, they're 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 getting an ear, and it's important that they do. You know, right. uh, you know just reading that you know the that that group of Pac-12 players had their had a two-hour conversation with Larry Scott yesterday. We mm-hmm. don't know what's been said mm-hmm. and what's coming out of that, but 
you know, you got a group of football players at, at you know, at the university level who got had Which a conversation has, right. with a conference commissioner, not, you know, their head coach or their athletic director, the conference commissioner. Right. Make it, it'll make a difference. I, you know, I hope so. Because what, what you want, and I think what everybody wants is for college sports to be a great experience for these kids. I know a lot of these kids come in, you know, with the thought that I'm going to, you know, I'm doing this because I want to be a professional mm-hmm. athlete. But there are so many kids who don't and who can't and who know they're not. And all they want is a good experience and an education. And right. if we have to go through this so that there's more of that, I'm all for that. Right. I think you're going to see more of the what we see at Iowa because Iowa's uh, investigation was concluded. They found some some things there. Uh, Colorado State next. I'm sure that we're going to hear from other schools. I, I think. And, and what, what I hope is that all these things are handled professionally. You know, there has to be a sort of a a, a line that can't be crossed. Sure. You know, and I'm not saying that everybody that has some allegations against them should be fired. You have to deal with things. And, and maybe if you figure out ways to deal with this stuff, you know, because I'm sure that when a when a player talks to talks, you know, reports a coach on something, they're not trying to necessarily get the coach fired. They just want the situation to be dealt with. To be and fixed, that's it. right? So, right. so let you know. Let's fix these things, and then let's get people in place that aren't going to do these things going forward. You know, right. get the get the kind of people with the kind of character that they're in it for the kids. Yes, it's a living, and they're making money, but let's treat the players like they ought to be treated. Sure, it, it's funny. Um, in my time, in the last ten years, maybe even longer, uh, one of the biggest things, and you've covered the teams, and and you've had college kids. Uh, that the one of the biggest problems for kids today is depression. So you're a high school kid that's a very good player, a very good player. We've seen it throughout the years. You, you've been told you're the next best thing, you're the sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. You come on the campus, and then now the coaches are yelling at you, right, screaming at you. You're not good enough, blah, and blah, blah. And there's 30 other guys just, just like as you, good. just as good as of you. Of course you're going to be depressed. Sure. Of course, and that's one of the biggest things that there is on college campuses, the, the, uh, the need or whatever to be better than what – you are obviously, right. and then to get yelled at, right, right, and I, I think there, there, you know, and there has there's a starting place for that somewhere along the line, with these kids who, by the time they get on campus, have been so coddled, right, have been told they're like you said, the greatest things in sliced bread. When they're going to get to campus, and there's going to be other guys who are the greatest things, right? They've been told bread. the same thing, and and you got to realize that. You know, you get there to compete. You know, yeah. there's there's a whole issue of players get onto campus and they don't want to compete. They get there and they realize there's somebody better ahead of them, sure. and rather than compete and trying to, they leave. Do you? Are we talked about this? You brought in the list of the top 25 uh, sports movies ever. Right. I remember that yeah. two three months ago, uh, and I brought up the one one on one. One on one. Benson. Yeah, Robbie Benson. Robbie, he was that guy. Remember, he recruited him. Blah blah blah. Right. And then he then he benched him. Right. He got there. And, and then he saved his butt at the end when he hit the shot. Right. And right. He said, "I don't need you." Yeah. I'm going wherever I, I can go wherever I want to go. That was a, man, that's a really, that's a big pull for that movie, though. <laughs> I don't know how many people really saw that. Yeah, but it was kind of like almost exactly. But, but that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah. You, you get a coach, comes into your living room, tells you all these things about how great you are. Then you get to campus and line up behind all the other guys right. who we said the same thing to. Right. But, you know, those players and those, you know, those athletes also have to understand that that's what's happening. Their parents have to help them along the way and say, "Look, I get it," you know. And it's like some of these kids who say, you know, they get Notre Dame and Alabama and Texas come calling. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, when you get to those places, guess what? You're one of 25 other guys in that recruiting mm -hmm. class mm -hmm. who have the same credentials as you do. So you got to you got to you know, think about am I going to have the opportunity that I'm really looking for? Sure, sure. And how many, you know, how many, you know, A-list recruits have, you know, from Tucson Both gone to places right. like that and ended up back here sure. or somewhere else because that turned out to not be where they wanted to sure, be. Sure, sure. We have a good show today. We have Jonathan Perlman of FC Tucson. They have a big game tomorrow, local game. The first real pro game here during all this mess. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, they're, they're, they started their season. They're one and one. Uh, they've got their home opener tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, let's, let's talk we'll, to, we'll we're going to talk to him. Take, take the break. break and come see right how he's here. Doing. He's already ready for us on the line. And we'll come back and take a quick break here on 1030 The Voice. Go local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster. Like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans. All done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large accessing 30,000 plus surcharge free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org switch. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Iron the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone we have Jonathan Perlman of FC Tucson. Jonathan, how the heck are you? I'm sure the people over there are very excited about tomorrow's big game. We're super excited, and Steve and Jay, great to be with you. Journalistic legends. <laughs> you be on this show. I, I, think, I think legends. I want, Go ahead. I want to make sure I do a good job, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, I've, I've done the best prep I can. It just means that we've been along here too long. I was going to say, if you're saying legends, <laughs> that just must mean old. That's it. That's all. That's the only meaning to that. <laughs> Let's have well, some fun I'm here. You, a you... bit longer in the tooth here uh, these days as well, so um, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're incredibly excited. Um, you know, it's been a, a unique time for everybody, uh, a difficult time, a tragic time for the country, and for our community and obviously for Arizona itself and, you know, the sporting world that we were sort of on the uh, forefront and the canary in the coal mine when the first things to shut down was pro sports. And, um, you know, to be able to finally get back home after being on the road for two matches, which again created its own anxiety. Obviously we're flying commercial. We're not a, a team that can charter flights. So um, we came back healthy and well, and we're just incredibly excited to be playing our home stadium, even though it will be, uh, without fans, you know, we have a big event uh, at the drive-in downtown. Uh, so um, we're really excited just to be back. And obviously, we want to get a win for the community. And uh, obviously, for, for ourselves, we're uh, we're right where we need to be to start. We got some points on the road, which is big in soccer. And these, these road trips are incredibly challenging for our team because we travel further than anyone else does, being one of the only West Coast teams in our league. Um, so we're excited, period. So I would assume that uh, I think you started like in March, April, getting the guys getting ready for the season. I know Jay was doing his stuff with the Sugar Skulls. And then you're thinking, are we ever going to come back? Did you ever think that? And then now you here you are. Well, <laughs> well, and Jay is a great person really to reference on this. Look, you're in the, you're in the world of, of minor league sports. And, uh, 
it's a huge investment for any ownership group. Um, you know, and, and when a situation comes like this, when you're a local team, you're not able to have the dollars from national sponsors or from a national TV deal, and you're, you're making it on ticket sales and local sponsors, all of whom are, are suffering greatly. And obviously, we're not able to sell tickets when there's a pandemic. We're not able to, uh, you know, fulfill our sponsorships. We have to find new and different creative ways. So if you're asking me, was our show going to be back? Well, if you're in the sports world, as Jay will tell you, it's not if or when, it's when. Okay, so all of our careers are limited and all of our stays anywhere are always on the timeline. So I think to be to be professional about it, you always have to be ready for anything. I did think we were going to come back. I we had a really long conversation with our ownership prior to the season. This was a long-term plan, you know, way past, you know, 2021 and 22 for the, to have a pro team, the Kenya soccer team, to have a team grow its level. So, um, but yeah, there were some, there were some moments where we were furloughing people, obviously just to cut costs for the short term and not knowing what the circumstance would be. I mean, COVID is a force of nature. It doesn't care about sporting schedules or people's jobs or, or anything. It only cares about spreading and it's a disease without a vaccine. So obviously I was concerned, but ultimately in sports world and in life, you control your controllables. So my job was to do a great job talking to our sponsors, making sure our players stayed safe and healthy and fit and inspired and not nervous. You have a responsibility in my role to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, but there was certainly some some moments where uh, I was talking to my wife, and obviously she being on the forefront as a nurse at the same areas of the ICU had greater doubts maybe than I did. But, um, yeah, it was, it was certainly a, a trying time all the way until we started to come back to begin training. And obviously, you know, starting the season back and going to Miami was was a big moment, and uh, it was great to get a win there. And obviously, we're hoping to do so on Saturday night. Well, well, you guys were fortunate to be able to keep, you know, holding it off, holding it on until you were able to, you know, have a season as opposed to you know canceling the thing. So, you know, I think uh, you, you guys are pretty fortunate to maybe just that you know being you're an outdoor sport for one, uh, but you know to also just have the ability to you know to delay rather than cancel i mean you know what were some of the conversations that went on as far as that goes in terms of let's just keep holding it off until we can finally play so um i'm privileged to be on the board of governors for sc2 along with amanda power so in the usl you have the championship which has um in 35 teams and then you have the all league which has 12 teams yeah there, i mean obviously there was a vote you know the voting really was a big part because the ownership's you know, we're taking, uh, and the league was asking the ownerships to take a risk and say, listen, can we wait a while? Can we, can we not cancel? Can we not cut our losses? And the league did a lot to, to help us, uh, with costs and deferring things and, and buying us the time we needed to have the potential for having a season. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the process was very long and was votes. I mean, serious votes. I really, I would say we had our, trepidations i mean obviously for me it was safety first it was about safety we all wanted to play and our ownership was committed financially to playing but you know when you look at this you also look at it from a, a moral lens is it the right thing is it the safe thing is it the best thing for for our players and we came down to the to the realization for us that look we felt like we we should wait to try to do this we felt that our players obviously you know that uh you know you know as of recently the the, the people who have been spreading the most were, you know, our 22-year-olds to 40-year-olds. And, you know, we just – we felt like 
the players were better off in our care and doing this than than anywhere else. We were taking great care of them, and they were you know, we were we were helping be part of the solution to stop the spread because we were spreading that message and doing things within our community. So, but we were yet you're right, Jay. We were able to hang on for a long time, and I credit the USL and I credit our ownership at Phoenix Rising, you know, to to being patient and, and waiting for that opportunity for us to. Uh, to, to play and, and so far obviously we've had match cancellations everything's been done with abundance of care there's a 51 page you know covid you know return to play document protocol and uh you know we just hope we can stay healthy and every game is really a is really a gift you know I, i've known you for a long time obviously uh, kids grew up in in, in your guys program uh, FC, uh, in the soccer in tucson now i'm seeing that the kids local kids are Showing up on FC Tucson, you have Tommy Silva, who, who I know his son, his brother played with my son, and now he, the younger kid is amazing apparently. And then you have AJ Valenzuela, who scored a winning goal not too long ago. What's going on with Tucson? Well, first of all, Tucson, you know, my as, as you know, Stephen, your son being an excellent player himself on the uh, uh, ninety-five age group, yeah, uh, along with Ryan Silva, um, which was also a, a state championship age group for for Tucson, you know. Always my goal was to elevate Tucson players. and But, you know, within that goal, whether we were doing the developmental team or whether it was FC Tucson Youth or ODP or working for RSL in the academy, the idea was to raise the standard and have F- Tucson players meet that standard. I think that's why TSA was formed originally. Those were my goals for Tankerbury as a community club. And now with the clubs coming together, we we're always trying to raise that standard because we believe that Tucson had top players. And that's been proven, obviously, with Donnie Toya being, you know, now in the MLS along with Luis Robles, who has, you know, played for our national team and, and captains into Miami. But, uh, you know, players like Tommy Silva, a player that I've worked with and worked in my club since he was 11 years old, who was special, who I've had a, a role in, in guiding and, and, and a privilege to work with a player like that. AJ Valenzuela, who's come straight through Tucson, you know, through a, a championship season with Pima and, through his, his work at you know getting him to San Diego State University. These are great character individuals, and these are players that have come up big in big moments everywhere they've gone. And so it was great to see A.J. get the game winner in a unique striker role for him. And uh, I signed A.J. because he's the first one in and the last one to leave. And he takes incredible care of himself, and he's got a lot of potential. Um, but the greatest thing about having a Tucson team is to try and have Tucson players. And I, I still say to the players here, look, we have no illusions about it. You know, if there's a Tucson player here that's all things being equal, we want to promote that Tucson player. But obviously, as we know with U of A basketball as well, you have to be successful and have fans to have a successful program to draw people in, to keep people engaged and to grow your your your, your team. So we have to be successful on the field. But anytime we can have academy players come in that we've had training from Tucson recently and have a Tommy Silva come in and, and contribute before he goes off to UCLA or having A.J. Valenzuela come back and contribute goals professionally, it's the happiest moments that, that I can have personally. I mean, they're really the ones, the rewarding ones that I have, and obviously we want to have more of those. So we'll continue to work with the youth community in, in all areas and in areas that haven't been discovered on the players on the south side and in, in New Gallus and the greater southern Arizona. I mean, we have to do a better job of finding these talents and developing them. And obviously FC Tucson feels like it has to play a role in that. Uh, real quick, we have about uh, a minute, just a little over a minute, to talk about Saturday's game with Union Omaha. Uh, it's a truncated schedule, so you guys have to win now. 
Yeah, you, every game is a, is a cup final, we like to say. And we're going to have uh, Union Omas coming in here off a big win in their home opener against defending champions North Texas, and they're a, a gritty, hardworking team. We feel like we have a, we're looking good in training, have a great plan against them. But obviously, you can't be at the game. You should be checking it out at, at the El Toro Flicks Drive-In on Congress and I-10. You can buy tickets there or at fctucson.com, or if you if you need to, it's socially distanced there, but if you're a high risk and you want to watch the game, absolutely ESPN Plus. It's a great broadcast. And again, we appreciate, you know, all the support we've gotten from the community, and we're again continuing to uh, try to do things, you know, for for the community and for those who can't do it for themselves right now. And uh, we play for everyone. The, uh, the badge, we play for the badge, and we play for Tucson. Right. Well, welcome back. We're both happy for yeah, you. Yeah, we're ha- really happy for you. You know, it, anytime you can have successful pro sports, you know, in our community, it's a it's a good thing. Right, right. Thanks well, a bunch. We're grateful for you guys. Thanks. Okay. Hey, be- best of luck tomorrow night and the rest of the season. Let's do this again. Thanks so much, Jay and Steve. Anytime. Great. That was Jonathan Bye-bye. Perlman of FC Tucson. Really appreciate your time. We're going to come back here on the other side on 1030 The Voice. Camille Rivas Rutherford with Coldwell Banker Realty has been one of the top producing real estate agents in Tucson, Oro Valley, Marana, and Vail for more than 20 years. Let her help you find your dream home in Southern Arizona. Her passion and enthusiasm for real estate has helped her become one of the most respected and trusted realtors in the area. And she was recently named a recipient of Coldwell Banker's 2019 International President Circle Award. Camille's approach to sales and marketing and selling or buying a home is second to none. Give her a call at 520-250-5192. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. This is Bill Buckmaster. Coming up Monday during the noon hour, the Monday political face-off features commentators Jeff Rogers and David Eppiheimer, plus Pam Krim of the Better Business Bureau with our monthly scam alert. And there are a lot of scams related to COVID-19. On 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk, worldwide live listening 24-7, buckmastershow.com. We have some amazing law enforcement agencies protecting Arizona, and we value their daily service and sacrifice. The Law Matters Live show was created to open the lines of communication between law enforcement and you. So get your questions ready, set your alarm for 8, dial in to AM 1030 The Voice, and join the conversation. To learn more about Law Matters and support our 501c3 mission, go to lawmatters1030.org. Hey, welcome back to Why on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside co-host Jay Gonzalez. It's always good to have Jonathan Perlman. He's very insightful. He is, you know, and and it, it's great that uh, there's so, such a focus on on you know the, the local kids, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, you, you know, I mean, when when you have pro sports in you know in a community like ours, and you know, you got FC Tucson, you've got you know the Sugar Skulls, and and you you've guys got had a lot of guys, the Road Runners, you know, you you want to have local guys, not just 
for interest, but you know, to show these guys that there's an opportunity here. Right, yeah, right. you know, we had a number of local guys on on the Sugar Skulls, Cam Gaddis, uh, Robert Metz, uh, uh, Antonio Rosales. You know, just it, it was a it was a, a thing that it was, and and a coach, Brandon Sanders. Mm. You know, uh, so you know, it's it's really a thing where. You know, you just want to let kids know that there's an opportunity for them, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the Sugar Skulls was, it was something where, you know, we really tried to let people know that, you know, you have a chance and you, you come out, you know, you get on the Sugar Skulls, who knows what can happen for you, you sure, know, whether sure. you're a coach or a player. So. Well, it's been long like that. You know, when I covered the Toros and I'm sure you did too, at Vosburg, you'd had some guys who would play right. through the system and Kenny Lofton was, you know, not that he's a local, but he was a local UA guy sure. that uh, brought some excitement to it. Right. And, you know, and, and, and people love rooting for, you know, the, pe- for right. the people that they right. know, right. you know, the people that they know, people they grew up with, you know, whatever that might be, um, you know, and, and, uh, the, the, uh, and you do have to be careful, you know, that you get guys that are, you know, they're legit and right, you want them right. to be legit. And, and the right. Sugar Skulls, you know, I can say did that. You know, these guys are good players. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see that. And, you know, soccer is such a huge sport here in, mm-hmm. here in Tucson. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we, we went through the soccer thing. My, my son played soccer uh, in, in uh, he, he played a little, you know, youth soccer and then he played in high school. And my daughter got started with soccer. And I thought that was going to be her sport until she started playing volleyball. And then volleyball became her, her number one sport. And mm-hmm. she didn't play it in high school because her volleyball and soccer seasons were the same. Right, right. And she chose volleyball. But, you know, uh, soccer is a big deal here. You know, sure. if you've ever been a part of the Fort Lowell shootout or the Pima Cup or any one of those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, huge tournaments that bring, you know, teams from you know all over the country and even from you know mexico and whatnot so it's a big deal and it's right. great to see fc tucson uh you know taking some of these kids and putting them on the field right right and they had their first game at least locally uh there's their third game overall i want to talk to you real quick about some aia stuff so they're going to have the season or at least attempt to have it in right. october the practice starts next month early they're not going to let the kids shake hands so they're not going to get no high clothes. fives no nothing in terms of that everybody on the sideline has to wear masks Masks, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. It's funny because I was reading that the the masks uh, socially distance on the sidelines. Okay, so you're socially distanced on the sidelines. But what are you doing on the field? <laughs> you're not social distancing. Well, you're just cutting down the odds. Is what you're doing a little as much as you possibly can. I mean, in the end, you, if you're going to play football, you got to play you football, get it, right? right? You get away. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you, you got to play football. I mean, what I did see, I think, in, the, in at least on the college level, and I'm assuming at every level of football, they're they're going to let the, the the team spread out further on the sidelines. Oh, okay. You know, I think college room. football, it's. Between the 30s is yeah, what it I, is. I don't. Between the 35s or between the 30-yard lines, and it's you know, if you've ever been on a, on a, on a college sideline on on the bench, on I went to I, I a rich told me who, when his dad was coaching, got us got me um, bench passes mm-hmm. for a game at Washington. Uh, I think it was I think it was his dad's last year. And that bench space, you know, when you've got, you know, crowded. six foot five, 300 pound guys running around, it's crowded. Yeah. It was a horrible place to watch the game from. I'm five foot nine. You know, I, I mean, I just, I, I missed a lot of the game because, yeah. you know, it's a confined space. So sure, I can sure. see where, 
you know, in order to socially distance or, or to as much as they possibly can, mm-hmm. that they really are going to have to spread them out so that people aren't on top of you, on top of each other, because you are on top of each other on a sideline. I bet you uh, when you got the passes this year, yes, I'm going to be down. And then you go through, he says, what the heck was I thinking? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I wanted to go back to my seat because right. what I did was I, right. I got tickets to the, a group of us went to the game and when I think it was a group of six of us and we, we made the road trip up to, up to Seattle and so we took turns with the with the bench pass going down, and I'm like, I miss. I I said I want the fourth quarter. Sure, right? sure, sure. Well, it was an exciting game. It came down to the you know the last couple of plays. It was a it was a game that um, uh, Washington scored like in the last minute of the game to win the game. I didn't see the play. So let me ask you: Did you are you confined to the sidelines where you know when the media comes down for like the last five minutes? But you we could roam around. Right. And no, see. I was. In the bench area, yeah, so I couldn't you can't be. See I couldn't any, be yeah, outside where we would stand right. as news media. That's not good. We were, you know, new me, news media had to stay out of the right. bench area. Right. No, I was. It was a bench pass for like yeah. I was part of the team, that's, so I had to stay confined to those that space where only the team could go. Well, that's that's kind of where I want to go with it too, because I I totally get that. So for twenty some years, I was on the sideline, on the opposite sideline where you were at on the basketball court. So on on the floor, right, right there for twenty three years. So then we. We moved some of us to the the concourse area, you know, right. next to the band. So you're on the floor. I would rather be where I'm at now, yeah, because you can see things happen. When you're on the floor, you can't. You, you can see they're on top of you, but it's not as designed. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I guess because I don't have anybody in front of me, and I'm pretty much at center court. But I'm you're just, not even watching. The I'm game. just right of center. I, I mean, I see what I see. Now I, I get when the you know when a play starts to happen. I look at my computer, but I feel like I do see the game. But I could see where you know if you're up if you're up a little higher and watching guys move. You're right. I'm not watching guys move around. If there's a guy in the corner and he's he's about to take a three, I have to lean in to see to yeah. see who it is. Right. You know, because so, I don't you know I don't see that guy go over. The ball goes to the to the corner. I assume there's somebody there to catch it. You're right. Right. But it's a uh, it it's an interesting vantage point. No, uh, you know, honestly, a, a, a sideline a, a sideline seat. You're not. You're not on the sidelines to see the game. No. What you're seeing is you're kind of experiencing what the game the looks field. like. I'll, I'll tell you what, what, what really caught me at a college football game the first time that I was on, you know, went to the sidelines of a game was how fast the game really sure, is. Sure, sure. And then I got to be on the sidelines of a Cardinals game for about a quarter. And the speed of that versus the speed of the college game, such a difference. Right. And it was like, whoa. That's when I, they get paid millions. You, yeah. Now it's like, okay, I get it. I yeah. get why you know, you know the the level of athlete that you're talking about. Right. So, so I think I've discussed this with you. I can't remember now, but uh, since you've been on the sideline as a reporter, now as a sideline guy, uh, when you were as a reporter, because you go down, like I say, early, right, with about five eight minutes, it depends on right. the situation. Was there a game or a situation that you were there and you said? Wow, I'm glad I was there. Late field goal. I, I I was on the sideline for the for the Oklahoma, Oklahoma field yeah, goal. I was on that. I was on the sideline for that. I was on the sideline. The, the first time I ever was on the sideline of a game, I covered the '85 Sun Bowl. 
where Max and Dejas missed a, a field goal that won the game. It, the game ended up being tied. Right, right. I was on the sideline for that, and and that was, I I, I remember him. He hit the field goal. And it just didn't sound good. Uh-huh. It, it sounded like a thud. You could tell it just didn't. And he missed it. Yeah. And I remember that. And I'm like, and you know, there, there was there were a lot of U of A fans at that game. I mean, I think the game was. I don't know if the game was a sellout, but there were a lot of people mm-hmm. there. And that was the first time I'd ever been on the sideline for a college game. But uh, another game that. And it was kind of a weird thing that when I was covering the, the team, it was the first year I covered football. And Arizona played at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I was there. Okay, yeah. so you were there for that. Yeah. So then the next week they had a home game against Eastern Michigan. It was going to be a terrible game. Uh-huh. And then the following week Arizona was going to be playing USC and Larry Smith was going to be coming to Tucson for the first time. But that but that the in that weekend that Arizona played Eastern Michigan, Oklahoma and USC played each other mm-hmm. at the Coliseum. So instead of having me cover the Michigan game, you went over there. they sent me to cover the USC game so that I could get and so stuff. I could stay for the weekend, get an interview with Larry Smith, get an interview with Rodney Pete, who was the quarterback out of Swar High School, do those interviews and then come back and cover the So I was on the sidelines of a game at the Coliseum that was a sellout, ninety thousand plus at the game. Both teams were ranked. It was a great atmosphere. That one, I, I remember, that was like being at, you know, a, a Final Four or whatever. Sure, the, sure, the, sure. The atmosphere of the game, it was a it was an ABC uh, national game. You know, USC was a top five team that year. I think they I think they ended up, uh, uh, they almost won the national championship. Who, they beat year. Oklahoma then. They must have been. <clears throat> but they, they, they played Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma that game. And that was, that was an experience. That was College football, the way I grew up sure, watching it. Sure, sure, Then you're having to be a... My best, uh, most, <clears throat> after those Hail Mary catches you've seen a time or two in the last 10 years, was the... And you may have been covering the team at this time. Musgrave gets, stops at, gets stopped at the at the one-inch line by Daryl Lewis. That was my first year back as a spectator. It, it was and unbelievable my, to now me. Now, our seats, we were sitting in Section 18 at the time, which is the goal line. Right there. That goal line and that play happened right in front of us. Right. To me, and, that was the most that unbelievable. Was, well, wow. That, yeah. That that one gave that whole game gave us you know gave me tingles. Right, I mean right. that was but that was my first year back as a fan. Had to be like eighty nine ninety one the ninety season. season. That was my was final year ninety season. And I was there in my hair and the back of my skin like oh, holy yeah, moly yeah, yeah. No, I uh, you know the 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 eighty eight and eighty nine games. You know I was on the sideline when uh, you know the, again the Oklahoma field goal, the game at Washington the year before when uh, Doug Faf kicked a field goal to win that game. There was a, a late fumble. Mm-hmm. Arizona picked it up, kicked a field goal to win that game. You know all of those. There were a couple other game winning type field goals uh, in in those years. There you know there was a, two against Washington. Mm-hmm. There was one against Oklahoma. I, I remember the be. I got to be on the on the floor um, on the floor on the field i was filling in for jack magruder and in the 87 season arizona played up at uh up at uh, the rose bowl and being on the on the field at the rose bowl mm-hmm. was a really cool thing. right right I, I that's really one of the places i hadn't gone to that, i went to the coliseum a couple times but uh it, the, the biggest or the scariest thing in that area was hoping to get to your car unscathed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know well you know, around the coliseum was just not a good place to to be you you, you were hoping for day games when you went <laughs> right. when you went to the coliseum right but uh, you know the rose bowl you know great experience to be you know be on the on the field at the rose bowl let's come back and take a break and hope that uh, we get to see some football this uh next i you know again i think we're gonna let's take a break we can talk more about that okay here on ten thirty, the voice 
These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. Uh, before we started the show, we saw, uh, or you saw a report, I saw it about an hour ago, that one of our colleagues, a guy we know and, and seemingly trust, Mr. Jason Shear, had said that, uh, according to some of his sources, that uh, the Pac-12 may be considering to not play. Well, that there have been some discussions, allegedly, and I'm going to say allegedly, okay? That's good. That's that good there have been some discussions about canceling the season, which I think, you know, everybody's probably had that discussion. I agree. I mean, you know, there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of um, thought that if one of the Power Five schools does cancel the season, go ahead and cancel their season. That the most likely candidate would be the Big Ten, actually. So, look, that that's that's obviously in play. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're about to find out what's going to happen. First of all, in the next couple of weeks. The teams will be starting actual practice, and you got good news today with that, right? California, right? There was some good news out of California, but the teams are going to start practicing, and then the, then students are going to start getting on campus, and you know then what happens, right? But uh, the good news for the Pac-12 today that uh, California laid out the guidelines necessary for them to be able to you know, start practice. So the California schools, UCLA, USC, Cal and Stanford are mm-hmm. all set and they know what they have to do to start having practice on August 17th when when the league says it's uh, okay to do that. So that's the good news. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, so now we see, you know, we'll... Uh, most of the most of the schools that are starting classes, those that are on the semester system, like the University of Arizona, will start in the, the last week of August. We're going to start to find out. You know, there's another, you know, games aren't going to start till about the 26th of September at the earliest. So we'll see. Are they going to be able to have practice without mm-hmm. without starting a, a, an outbreak? Then the students get on campus and Who parties knows? and all that stuff start. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they going to be able to control it? I, you know, I was, I was with a few, a few guys today who aren't very confident of that because, you know, they're just saying students are going to get on campus and students are going to, students are going to student, right? Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. they're going to do what students do. So I hope you didn't want to fight them. No, I didn't want to fight them today. I'm, you know, my, the, the last guy I want to fight is still Mark Harlan, <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, it, it look, there, there's a lot of skepticism in terms sure. of what, sure what the students are going to be, and when I say students, I'm talking about the general student population, Mm -hmm. what they're going to be willing to do to, you know, 
But you know they got to go to school. I mean, I I, I don't know. I I, I don't uh, know. I truly think that, uh, and we've seen this a little trickle out, little by little, that more players are going to jump ship and, and and not play. You've got players opting out at every level. You got players in you mm-hmm. know the NFL opting out. You got players at the college level. There's a, a lot of the top player. I shouldn't say a lot, but a number of top players have said. I'm just not going to play. I'm not going to risk it. You know, you, you can get COVID and you can recover from it and not and it won't kill you, but it can cause other problems, sure. long-term problems, heart problems, lung problems. They're not going to risk their NFL careers on that. I get that. That's mm-hmm. perfect. You know, that's perfectly fine. I don't I have zero problem with anybody opting out. Right. So it's a question is who wants to stay and who doesn't. So so we know that the football in the NFL is a lot different than it is on the college level. And you're a big fan of it's very obvious. I, I, I used to be, I'm no longer. So do you go to watch the football? Do you go watch to support your team? Do you go why do you go? I go to Arizona games because I I, I I love the school. I love the community. Mm-hmm. I love what it stands for in Tucson. I want Arizona football to you know to win. And I, I go for the entertainment. I love college football. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the games. I love the atmosphere. And I root for the team. And I, you know, I, I, I you know I bleed for that stuff. I mean, I get you know it's a bad Sunday on a day after a loss, and it's a great Sunday on a day after a win. It's just a better day for me on mm-hmm. Sunday after a win. So I, I, you know, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I'm dug in on on Arizona football, and I have been for pretty much my entire life. So I go for the entertainment value of it. I, it to me, it's an event to, you know, to go tailgate and just have a great time, and hopefully at some point get to a Rose Bowl. I, I th- love that. I think that's the the general consensus of the people who go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, Arizona basketball. Just to right. an example, they want to be good and they're good or whatever. But people go because they're one good. But they're also it's they're supporting the program, right? Right, and I, and I do want to support the program. I mean, I look. All you need to know is I kept my season tickets through the John Makovic years. That's all you need to know. And I went to every John, every came Makovic home game Makovic coach, and I even went to a, a road, road game. game. I went to the Wisconsin game, that awful yeah, game. Glutton for punishment. But part of it is I again I wanted to see the spectacle of college football. At Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to see that. I, I didn't regret going, even though they got smoked. I had you know we had a great time. You know the whole we took in the whole college football atmosphere. You know at Wisconsin, and that's why I went. Right? No, no, no. I, I just brought that up because it's it's today you have to be supportive of the team because. Yeah. Who, who knows? We don't know about attendance now. We haven't right, heard that don't. yet. Uh, could be ten thousand. Could be five thousand. Whatever, if right. any. You know, uh, and then and then the NFL. I, I just love the NFL because I just, again I like football. I don't have a I don't have a favorite team in the NFL. I just I just like watching games. Now I'm in a football pool and I do maybe a little side gambling and stuff like that, um, and that keeps my interest. But I would rather sit and watch a day of college a day of NFL football on my couch. Then go to a Cardinals game. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> Me too. Right? You know. We got a call. Pancho, thanks for calling in. How you doing? I'm doing great. Jay, you and I are Cougar alumnus, my man. I think you may know my family members. I'm not going to tell you who they are. But what year did you graduate from SOAR? Do I have to tell? <laughs> 1977. You graduated with my sister Janet, who dated Tom Wiedenbauer for years. I played. I was on Tom Wiedenbauer's little league baseball team. 
Tom Wiedenbauer was a stud, was he not? Oh, yeah. You know, I love that guy. You, you know what? He was he was an athlete, one of those guys who, you know, he was BMOC, big man on campus. He was the quarterback of the football team. Oh, he was he a great big like nobody's business. Right. He, like I could punt the hell out of the he ball. He was a great baseball player, and he was the nicest guy on the planet. I loved he him. He was. His was. His parents were pretty special, too. That's That's great. So the reason I called Steve, I wanted to give you an update on season football tickets. Go, please. And I, and I don't know if you know what happened, but we got notification recently that we had until today to make a decision about what we we're going to do, those of us that have paid for our season tickets already. It was either leave it as it is and attend the game or ask for a full refund, which would have been the stupidest thing to do for ICA, that's for sure, or take a credit for next year and wait or what I did, let them have it as a donation to the Wildcat Club and wait till next year and pay again. Wow. And my boy Scott said that not many people have done that, but if yeah. you have, you know, but we're getting double points for Wildcat Club. And someday I hope to sit behind the bench in Eugene during a men's game like you guys got to do your entire career yeah. and write about it. Well, Pancho, my I thank you, and my son, who's an employee of the athletic department, thanks you for you know for the well, for the donation. Hey, I'm a Wildcat for life. There's a lot of us out there. It, you know, if you if you're gonna give your support and then ask for a refund, then I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Just on, really? real quick, Pancho. So, good to hear your voice. I know you're very tuned to what's going on. Just because I don't know, want to upset Jay here, but the chances of a pro, of a season going on. What, what do you think? Well, just I already answered the question. I decided to give my tickets away and, and keep the the whole thing as a donation. So I, You're thinking, I am though. completely uncertain. I don't know. Everything seems to be like the, the government or the entities or whoever's in control just wants to go, okay, let's let you out of the cage for a little bit. No, 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 that didn't work. You're all too stupid. We have to bring you back again. <laughs> and the worst thing is to get started and then get stopped, you know. Uh, the NBA somehow in the bubble seems to be working, and, and politically that's outstanding. I love it. I mean, good for them if that's the way it's going to go. And MLB is doing okay. But uh, everything else, it's like, you know, I, high school football, high school sports. My daughter, you, you know, Steve, she played water polo. She got totally hosed last year in her senior year. She was doing great. Um, and they asked her to come back as a graduate student. She does not want to play again. Uh, but she's going to go back as a grad student, interestingly enough. Um, but I, it's so uncertain. You just the powers that be are going to make decisions, and we all have to abide. Uh, unfortunately, or with trust, unfortunately, whichever side of that fence you fall on. Well, Pancho, I I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out who who Tom Wiedenbauer dated in high school. So, <laughs> you know that that's where you, that's where my attention has gone on that. She was a cheerleader, and her name was Janet. And Steve will tell you her last name later. Uh, maybe okay. Yes, Pancho, if you can even remember. Good to hear from you, Pancho. We got to go here. We got about ten seconds. Pancho, thanks a bunch for calling call in. And in the last minute, yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. And again, appreciate the donation. Have a great weekend. Hey, how's Scott? Does he call you anymore, Steve? Uh, no, he hasn't in a while. He hasn't in a while. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jay. We couldn't get to it. See you on Monday. See you Monday. Thanks.